I want to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Let's read this out loud. New American Standard is up on the screen. If you don't mind reading that, you could, I know you'll have alternate translations. It'll be hugely helpful to you, but say this with me. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. So we're going to look at the value of diligence. We're going to look at fervency, and we're going to look at servanthood. And the reason I'm doing this is because James chapter 1 tells us to be doers of the word and not merely hearers only. And it says in chapter 1 verse 19, if you don't mind keeping your hand in the place of Romans now 12, 11, since you switched from 11, 12, um, I'm going to give you the reason why, my rationale for why I'm breaking down uh, this to-do list that Paul the Apostle wrote to the Roman church. They're actually a lot before that, like let, make sure you're fervent in your love for one another, be, be, um, give preference to one another in honor and so forth. It just gives a lot of detail. But that particular verse, I believe, is a signature target for 2022. James chapter 1 verse 19 says, uh, This you know, my beloved brethren, for everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Notice it says everyone, not just the apostles, not just the early disciples, not just the prophet Isaiah, not, not only the Lord Jesus, but also all of his followers. Every one of us, we need to develop a quickness to hear, be good listeners, slow to speak, bridle our tongues, and not get volatile and let our tempers become a sin and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness. We've got to keep laying those things aside, not so to our flesh, but in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. This is the sister verse to Romans 12, 1 that, uh, and 2, actually 2, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Doesn't it sound, James the Lord's brother sounds a lot like Paul the Apostle. It's because it's the Holy Spirit inspiring the word of God and there's harmony in it. So, prove yourselves, verse 22, to be doers of the word. This is really what I want you to understand. Um, There cannot be a disconnect between what we learn and hear and then the outcome in our behavior and our conduct. We've got to be doers of the word. We, we, We see what it says, and then we go out and do it. This is an action call. This is a call to action. And I've always aspired for this for my own personal life, and you know, my family, my kids, I want us to really see this thing in practical ways and, and, and for our church, I want to be a doer of the word. And it, and it gives a bonus in verse 25, but it says, everyone who's a hearer, oh, it says, prove yourselves to be doers of the word and not merely hearers who delude themselves. There's a lot of self-delusion in the world. But if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror, for once he has looked at himself and gone away, he has immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. I call this spiritual amnesia. Now, I'm not a, you know, a, a soap opera guy, but I, do, I have found out over the years that a lot of the themes of soap operas is people slip into amnesia. So, and then a lot of the people die, and then they get reappointed in some part of the script and keep coming back. So soap operas are crazy, and God doesn't want our lives to be a soap opera. So he doesn't want us to have spiritual amnesia. 
He does not want us to forget who Jesus is and who we are in him. And be, not be, we don't want, he doesn't want us to be forgetful hearers, but he wants us to be doers. And I think consistent, continual action on what God tells us to do will keep us sharp. It will keep us alert, and it will give us joy in our lives and make us productive, make us fruitful. How many of you want to uh, make a difference in the world? You know, February is um, Black History Month, and I keep thinking about so many people to highlight who have made such a marked difference in culture. Um, but I think uh, William Seymour in 1905 in, in California, Los Angeles, personally impacted my life. I owe so much of the experience of my quality of life in God to that man's obedience. African-American man during a time of really harsh racism, and he aspired to the patterns he saw in the Bible and craved and sought the Lord for the original pattern of Christianity to be present in his life and in the people he was praying with. And in in about a four or five year period, the whole tone of Christianity on the planet changed. And it's never been the same since. So he he might be one of the unsung heroes that you're not going to see talked about on PBS or on some of the broadcasts. But here in this house, I'm giving a shout out on Black History Month to William J. Seymour and the incredible impact he's had on my life. Hallelujah. Now, he was a doer of the word. And so it says here, but the one who looks intently at the perfect law, the law of liberty, and abides by it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. Now, that last part you ought to get excited about. This person is going to be blessed in in, in what they do. And um, and it's it's corresponded to um, being a doer. The Greek word is poetis. That's where we get the word poet. A poet is a wordsmith that takes the word and it's so integrated. Before television and radio, public discourse and debate and discussion were much deeper. It wasn't a consumer item. It wasn't amusement and it wasn't entertainment. It was a conveyance of ideas. And a poet back during the Bible days was very significant in culture. And the reason why, even in the late 1860s, when when President Lincoln gave the Gettysburg Address, which is just such a short, abbreviated uh, uh, dissertation or discourse, uh, it was because people didn't have television or radio, so they would come just to hear two, three-hour speeches from people. So when he got up and he did four scores seven years ago and he just shared what he shared, then he, you know, he did like a mic drop and walked away. I mean, we don't remember the speech before it or after it, but we remember the the content of what was said, you know. And um, and 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 God wants our lives to be impactful on a higher degree than we realize. And I'm convinced this message in this moment, because see, I'm, I don't feel like I'm speaking to a crowd. I don't feel like this is uh, just for amusement. I feel like this is for equipment, and it's for each individual one of us. And as we individually take hold of this, figure out how to process it and act on it, this man, this woman, this child will be blessed in what they do. And as a pastor, I want to see all you guys get blessed. I want to see blessing come upon you and overtake you. 
I want to see signs and wonders follow you. I really do. It's my passion, actually, to see you guys um, bear a lot of fruit for the kingdom of God and, and have impact in the world. And be blessed in what you do. How many of you are interested in being blessed in what you do? It's okay. It's not selfish to... You know, Jabez was more uh, honorable than his brethren, the Bible says in Chronicles. And, and, and so you read about that in, these, in this, in this uh, discussion about a genealogy. And this, they mention, the writer mentions Jabez, and it breaks down into, and he prayed. And, he, and his name was Jabez because he was delivered, birthed in pain. I guess the birth process was difficult for his mother, so she named him Pain. And he wanted to live outside of his nickname and outside of the limitations of that. He didn't want to live, be a pain or, or be in pain. He wanted, so he said, God, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Yeah. And I've heard people say, well, the church isn't a bless me club. And, you know, that's an American gospel. And but all the, I see all this dismissive stuff. And I think, well, well, what do you want? To be cursed? Of course it's a bless me club. Now, I understand what they mean. that you, it's all, We're all in it. Motive, our motives are just for ourselves. That would, be, that would be wrong, uh, but, but, but really, we don't even know our own heart. The heart is deceitfully wicked. You know, that's why we need a new heart, and Jesus does give us a new heart. He prophesied that through Ezekiel, and David longed for it, but it happened in the new creation. He longed, created me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Well, guess what? In this new covenant, he takes away the stony heart. He gives us a new heart. Now, as far as a constant evaluation of our motives, you know, we just have to keep we can't, first of all, judge anybody else's motives. We don't even really know our own. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. But I will tell you, when Jabez prayed, oh, that you would bless me indeed, a man wrote a book about it, and people complained about it, that it was selfish. And it's like, well, wait a minute. He just quoted what the scripture said. He just pointed out that this guy prayed that you would bless me indeed, that your hand would be with me, that you'd you'd expand my my boundaries and borders, open up possibilities to me, and that you deliver me from pain in a painful way. What's wrong with that? And yet people decided to take issue with that because it was sort of uh, maybe stoking selfishness. And it could, I suppose, and you could even read James chapter 1 and go, well, I'll be blessed in what I do if I'm a doer of the word. Well, you can be selfish with that for about 10 seconds, and then after that, you have to read what the Word says, like forgive your enemies, pray for those who despitefully use you, don't be bitter. It's like, you know, so this, so, right? So go with me now to, to Romans chapter 12, and we're going to look at verse 11, and, it, and it, it, it's not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Um. How many of you, when you were born, you said, I want to lag behind and be mediocre? How many of you, when you got in a race in middle school and you, you went out there, your desire was to lag behind and be like eighth place? No, none of us. And uh, God actually has aspirations for us to persevere and press on. Now, I'll read some verses to you. Uh, it's going to be some machine gun fire. You don't have to turn to these, but I'm going to read them to you. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 uh, it, it says that we're to be diligent. Uh, we're, to be pr- we're to present ourselves uh, approved unto God as workmen who need not to be ashamed, handling accurately the word of truth. So diligence is, is critical. And diligence is conscientiousness in paying proper attention to a task. Conscientiousness. 
It's the, the, the antithesis of it is negligence. You've heard of medical negligence and malpractice and things like that. Well, God wants us to be the opposite of, neg of negligent. He wants us to be conscientious, uh, giving the degree of care required to a given situation. So we're to be diligent to present ourselves approved to God as workmen who need not to be ashamed, handling accurately and rightly dividing the word of God. This is so important that we be doers of the word, we pay attention to the word, and we do it in a diligence. And, and here's some of the payoff. Uh, Proverbs 10.4 says, Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Uh, Proverbs 12.24 says, The hand of the diligent will rule, but the slack hand will be put to forced labor. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11 said, And we desire that each one of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. Diligence is an ingredient in our progress. Uh, the hand of the diligent shall rule. The hand of the diligent makes rich. Um, it, it's, it's a law of the kingdom. Diligence is of great value uh, in, in, the, in the 2022, uh, certainly when Paul was preaching to the Roman church, God knew that the Roman Empire was crumbling and falling and that the only hope for it would be the gospel of Jesus addressing the population and retrieving them out of all the degradation that was happening all around them. Paul was sent in there to save the, their situation. And even though the Roman Empire crumbled and fell, God raised up a breed of people and the gospel is still emanating to this day while the Roman Empire is just talked about as, as vague history from 2,000 years ago. And I think it's really predicated on this point, not lagging behind in diligence. Now, this doesn't mean be a workaholic. It doesn't mean be spinning your wheels nervously. Diligence is quietly and steadily persevering, especially in detail or exactness. Quietly and steadily persevering, especially in detail or exactness. Characterized by care and perseverance in carrying out a task. So, uh, everybody say attention to detail. God, God wants us to, to understand the value of diligence. And in fact, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 says, Now, for this reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, Supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge. And then it goes down and, and lays out things to add to your faith. But we're to do it diligently. We're to take it seriously. Uh, we're to be conscientious and consistent. And uh, as, we, as we do, you know, I heard the devil's in the details. I believe God is a detail-oriented, amazing and if we'll, if we'll listen to him and we'll follow through with him, uh, just even this verse, um, be diligent. Don't be a slacker. I drove up to Lion's Choice down the street. I put in my order. There's this voice coming from the intercom. And it was, he was so thorough, so specific, even the condiments I requested and the number I asked for and had me restate it. He stated it back to me. 
and had such a buoyancy about him and such a coolness to him that when I pulled up to the window, I said, hey, is the guy that took my order here? And the lady said, yeah, like, like I was going to complain. I said, could you get him? Because I want to tell him how awesome he is. I played with it a little bit. Like I looked like a complainer, you know. She was like, <laughs> I played with it just for a second, you know. And then I said, so he, all of a sudden this guy sticks his head out. He, he looked just like he sounded. He was just like cool, cool breeze, you know. And he, he smiled at me. I said, man, you know, you were so diligent and thorough. I just want to thank you for it. You're awesome. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And enjoy your afternoon. And please come back again. I mean, there's just, now just product placement here. I just did an ad for Lion's Choice. The, well, but because, because the guy is not taking his job and writing it off like it's not a big deal, it actually was important. He was in contact. He was representing the entire chain of restaurants. And he was talking to a paying customer, and he didn't know what I had been going through at that particular moment. But because he was diligent, uh, it just brought richness. And it brought, you guys know what I'm talking about? I've watched doctors be diligent, and I've watched them be negligent. My dad was a product of negligence, and he died from it. Whereas uh, uh, I saw another man in our church, the doctor was diligent, worked all through the night to save his life, and extended his years by 10 years. So I've seen the effect of diligence, and I've seen the effect of negligence in the medical area. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's either awesome or traumatic. Yeah. How much more in the culture of the kingdom of God with we as followers of Jesus carrying this life-changing message uh, need to not lag behind in this? Not lag behind, but, but press on. Lagging is, is just like, I'm just, I, I'm, just, I'm just done, you know. I, I, I don't think we're supposed to throw in the towel. I think perseverance is part of this. Diligence is quiet, it's steady, persevering, especially with detail and exactness. Yeah. Thoroughness, characterized by care and perseverance in carrying out tasks. Um, if you're faithful in a small thing, the Bible teaches he'll give us responsibility over big things. You know what the reward for hard work is? More hard work. Now, if you're a slacker, you go, well, I don't want to do that then. Well, but yet we're called. There comes an hour when no man can work. We're actually created in Christ to be productive workers. A lot of the old saints called uh, missionary work, uh, the workers, Christian workers. Um, you know how you spell ministry? When I was at Bible school, the, the head of the Bible school, you know how you spell ministry? W-O-R-K. And he was trying to make sure none of us uh, would ever be slackers. It's, this is, this is, this is uh, important that we be diligent. And um, you ought to write down the word diligence and do a little study on it. See the difference that diligence can make in, uh, in, in any atmosphere. Uh, you know, when we're doing our work heartily under the Lord, it's noticeable. It's for an audience of one. And uh, he's pleased with that. Number two, fervent in spirit. A definition for the word fervent is extremely hot, which would be a contrast to lukewarmness. And if you read Revelation 3, 
there's discussion about how God does not like lukewarmness. Now, what is lukewarmness? Thank you. I'm glad you asked. He said, he'd, I was always bewildered by, I'd rather have you be hot or cold, but I never want you to be lukewarm. I thought, well, which one do you want, hot or cold? They're totally different. Hot and cold, say, for example, with a thermostat in a, in a building, are intentional. Hot and cold are intentional. Room temperature is just sort of what happens. So God is saying, I don't want you to just sort of be like everything else. I want you to be intentional. Like on the days when it's a hot, burning day, I want you to be a cool breeze intentionally, being a cool breeze in a situation. And when somebody's cold and freezing, I want you to be somebody that brings warmth and and, 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 and being intentional, right? So uh, he said, you know, uh, I'd rather have you be intentional, be hot or cold. And in fact, in this verse, he wants us to be fervent. And... um, they're, they're fervent in prayer, for example. When Peter was in prison, Acts chapter 12, verse 5, this describes the group that was lifting Peter up in prayer. So Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was being made fervently by the church of God. Now, what does that look like? I, I don't think it's screaming and flailing your arms. I don't think it's yelling until you, you lose your voice. I think it's intentional. God, in the name of Jesus. This can be fervent. Bring Peter out of that prison, Lord. It could be in a whisper. It could be in a whisper, but it's intentional. We're, we're, we're not lagging behind in diligence. Lagging behind is, you know, just kind of like taking your foot off the gas, just kind of just coasting. It's not intentional. It's like pedal to the metal, you know? And then same thing with fervent in spirit. Um, they, they were fervently praying for Peter. And if you read Acts chapter 12, it's pretty hilarious when right. Peter got roused out of, you know, he, he, he wakes up and, and they, they, the angel takes the chains off him and he's walking out of jail and uh, he doesn't even know it's an angel and he's walking past the guards and he's like, what's up? Hey, what's up, man? And then uh, he gets out of there and it's like, whoa, it just occurred to me that I've had a miracle happen to me. And then they get to the house, knock on the door, a servant lady named Rhoda answers the door, and the, he goes, he's, I guess he's starting to wake up. He has bed head. He's like, wow, he's wiping the sleep off his eyes. I just, I think this angel just, he, uh, it's Peter. They go, she goes, it's Peter. And they're in there praying fervently. And they go, oh, shut up, Rhoda. It's just his angel. <laughs> what the church atmosphere must have been like. It's, oh, that's only his angel. Come back here and keep praying, Rhoda. See, from whence we have fallen, we need to get back to some uh, divine expectation. And it comes with being diligent. The hand of the diligent will rule. The hand of the diligent makes rich. Uh, be diligent in the word. Be diligent in prayer. And be fervent in prayer. Uh, be fervent in the word. Uh, it says in Acts chapter 18, verse 25, uh, a discussion about a gentleman named Apollos. And uh, there was a Jew named Apollos, an Alexandrian by birth, he came to Ephesus, and he was mighty in the scriptures. I read that years ago, and I thought, wow, you could live a life where you're actually mighty in the scriptures, as opposed to being weak or flimsy in the scriptures. This guy was mighty in the scriptures. This man had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and being fervent in spirit, he was speaking and teaching accurately 
the things concerning Jesus, being acquainted only with the baptism of John. So he was a life learner, but what he had had up to this point, he was very committed with it, very intentional with it, uh, mighty in scriptures and fervent in spirit. And um, this, is what, this is what target is being painted by the Apostle Paul there in the book of Romans. Not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit. Fervent in spirit does not mean being a wild-eyed fanatic. I think the devil wants us to be extreme. He'd either want us to be as cold as a hound dog's nose or be like so, so out there that we become impertinent on both ends of the spectrum. I think we need to not be confused with what fervency means. Fervency is a condition of the heart that, that is impassioned, intentional, deliberate, focused, uh, and and we, we're to be fervent in love, too, not only in prayer, not only in the word, but it, in love. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22 says, Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. This is how they're going to know we're Christians. And God does not want, God does not want us to be lukewarm. He wants us to be fervent in our love for one. That doesn't mean just like overly demonstrative where you're, you know, it, it just means, it, again, this is heart stuff. This emanates out of the core, right? Um, when I was starting to do push-ups and pull-ups, I had no idea that it would actually uh, benefit my core. But I noticed that it, it pulled my gut in a little bit. Don't look at it right now. But for the purposes of this message, now i got to suck it in for the rest of the service. <laughs> but, the other, but the other day, my, son, my son-in-law Steve warned me that the downspout on our driveway the, the created a sheet of black ice, and he warned me because he slipped and fell. So I went out there, and I'm, I just started my day. I'm just making the coffee. It wasn't made yet. I went outside to have a little talk with God. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> I mean, it was so fast. I mean, my head was here, then my head was there, like, and um, all I did was skin my knuckles a little bit, but I, I laid there, I felt stupid, but, you know, I, thankfully, I, I didn't get hurt, and I thank God, I thank God for his angels, and he protected me, and, but I also would attribute it to that my, I, I developed some core strength in the last couple of years, and it enabled me to be able to not get injured. So I, I want to say to you that when we're fervent in spirit and we, we, get up, we realize how core these things are, prayer, the word, love, right? The word is powerful, and we are to be diligent to present ourselves approved to God as workmen who need not to be ashamed, handling accurately, rightly dividing the word. Diligence, the hand of the diligent shall rule. I'm preaching this. For your advancement. I'm preaching this for your creativity. I'm preaching this for your breakthrough. And, and uh, to, to push past the oppression and identify what it is God is, has his hand on, on you for in this next season you're going into. And uh, so that you will be like James chapter 1, where you're not just a hearer of the word and you look away from the word, you forget what kind of person you are, but you look back intently at the word and, you, you're, and you're a doer of it. This man, this woman, this child will be blessed 
in what they do. And I want to I want to hear so I want to have testimony nights where we just hear one testimony after after the other, a breakthrough of answer to prayer, and it and it comes from not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. I want to read you a letter from a dad. This is this epitomizes being fervent in the love walk. This is because love is so important. In November 1991, Jerry Jenkins wrote a bizarre story, true story, about a man awakened in the middle of the night by a phone call. The man was groggy, and and the girl on the other end was weeping. Daddy, she said, I'm pregnant. Though stunned beyond belief, he forgave her and prayed with her. The next day, he and his wife wrote two letters of counsel and love. Three days later, the man received another call, phone call, and his daughter was shocked by the letters. She was not the one who had called earlier. Apparently, some other girl had dialed a wrong number. The daughter said, these letters are my treasure, the daughter said to her dad. Real love letters written by a godly father who never imagined he would have to write them to his own daughter. Here are the, a few excerpts from the letter. Part of me seemed to die last night, not because of what it means to me as much as what it will mean to you. You were free to make all kinds of choices. Now you are shut up to a few and none of them to your liking. But God will see you and us through. Though I weep inside, I can't condemn you because I sin too. Your transgression here is no worse than mine. It's just different. Even if my heart did not shout out to love and defend and protect you as it does, the New Testament tells me I can't take forgiveness myself and withhold it from others. We think of sin as acts, but sin is a package, an attitude that expresses itself in different ways and in different degrees. But it all comes from the same sin package you inherited through us. Christ is the only difference. God forgives the sin as well as others, really forgives and cleanses. David was a man of God when he went into his experience with Bathsheba, and in the, in the grace of God, he came out a man of God, and his sin included murder. Satan has no doubt tried to tell you that this affects your standing before God. It doesn't. But it will affect your relationship till you bring the whole matter to him. There will be a coolness, a separation, and an estrangement until you open the problem by confessing and asking for forgiveness. I will not reproach you or your boyfriend. I will not even dare to look down at you in my innermost heart. But it is not because the issue doesn't matter. The responsibility is his no less than yours. This is not an ideal basis for marriage. You want a husband who, who takes you by choice. But if you face the issue and God so leads, he could build a solid marriage. We stand ready to do whatever we can. We're praying much. We love you more than I can say. And respect you too, as always. Saturday, I was very downcast. I tried to sing as I worked outside And then increasingly, I seemed to see 
a calm and loving face I knew was Jesus. It was no vision. I didn't see details, but I was, uh, it was a strong reminder that he is with us and waiting for us to remember this. He loves us and will help us through, especially you. It's great to know Jesus is walking with us, and he's walking with you. While we can't say that God causes failures, he does permit them, and I think it's clear he uses them to build character and beauty that we'd never have without them. Remember, God's love is in even this, maybe especially in this. We're glad that in a measure, at least, we can help the daughter we love so much. This is a day of testing, but hold our ground we must. God will give us the victory. We're looking forward to your being at home. Love, Dad. So that's a good example of being fervent in love. Being fervent in love. How about that, How about that letter? It was long, but it was a good example of fervency in the love walk, pushing past passivity and mediocrity and just bland, blasé, halfway. 1 Peter 4.8, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. That's what that dad's intent was. And I want to finish lastly with serving the Lord. The greatest in the kingdom is a servant. We're told that you can't serve two masters. You'll either love one and hate the other. You, you know, so we've got to, like John, like Bob Dylan said, you got to serve somebody. Maybe the devil or maybe the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. John Lennon retorted, "You got to you serve yourself," but that doesn't pay off. And um, we, we're to serve the Lord with gladness. We're to serve the Lord with gladness. I don't think the church is to look like we're baptized in pickle juice. I think that a merry heart makes a cheerful face and that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And being for, not lagging behind in diligence, doing your work heartily unto the Lord, you know, you do it with joy. You do it because you love the Lord. And um, fervent in spirit. Just everybody that's here physically in the church right now, it took something for you to get here. It's been cold. It's been icy. You've been through your situations. Just talked to the sister over here who had a huge baseball-sized brain tumor taken out of her head. Talked to this sister over here whose sister just died a couple days ago. And it goes on and on. And, uh, you know, that's, those are just random examples. But yet they're here, close to the front, hungry for God. They're not lukewarm. They're not just room temperature. They're going for Jesus. They're not lagging behind. They're pressing on, right? Serving the Lord with all humility, Paul said, with tears, with trials, which came upon me, he said. He, in, in Psalm 100, verse 2, we're to come before him with joyful singing, serve the Lord with gladness. I love that. I love the word gladness. And... Uh, a merry heart and, and, a, and a gladness of heart. Um, you know, I've had so many, when I, certain people have done things for me and I said, thank you. I've heard them say, so I've heard the same kind of thing. I'm glad to do it. I'm glad to do it. Um, 
I was talking with Ray Zepp. He just took down uh, Sandy Guyman uh, and, and some others just worked to take the lights down. They worked so hard to put the lights up. And, uh, and I, I, told, I told Ray Zepp that uh, those lights have brought inspiration to so many people through the, through the depressing winter. And uh, I've had people tell me that. Well, uh, in fact, uh, we had the lights out. They were beautiful. We've been, you know, gradually buying these strings of LED lights and just adding to them. And they, they, it's so much work for the people that put them out. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, Rachel Trepler's here, and she was uh, working out in the foyer, and we did Christmas, the Christmas production. And a family drove in just to look at the lights. And they came in, they saw people coming into the crowd. It was, you know, we nicely attended a night that night. And Rachel was there and she was, you know, just immediately stepped up as and did, you know, loving, fervent greeting. Hi, how's it going? Hey, what, what's going on? Oh, well, we're having a play. Well, really? And, and it's free. Free? Yeah. And she pushed the door up and said, you need to go in there. And, and the dad, the mom, and the two kids, one kid, they went in and they got touched by the Holy Spirit. They got, they heard the gospel. They got, what did they say to you? It was the what? The best thing they've ever been to. And, it's in, in the, and somebody going out and hanging these lights when the wind's blowing and it's cold and it's like, and I talked to Ray about that. And then also he said, a guy drove in and he got to lead him to the Lord while he was hanging up the lights. And I'm telling you, there's a power in what, what I'm gonna close with. There's, practic, there's no disconnect between what you just heard and the potential action that can come from this. So right now, I just want to say to you, not lagging behind in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. And that whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. And do your work heartily unto the Lord. And even little tedious things, even, you know, conversations on phones with frustrating people that are, you know, that aren't understanding what you're saying and being merciful or you're making an order at a restaurant or wherever you go, whatever you do. Um, understand it's for the audience of one who sees your heart and the potential of that moment having a repercussive impact for good. This is why I'm preaching this because we're not lagging behind a diligent. We stay fervent in the spirit. We're serving the Lord. There's this expectation that, that God, can, God can do something with it. Yeah. Even, the, even the menial, tedious, little things you think are of no consequence. Um, like this, this dad ans answers the phone, thinks it's his daughter, and instead of ripping her with condemnation, writes this long letter that she holds as a treasure. Dad, why'd you send me this? This is weird. Well, I, and then they find out it wasn't her. There had to be relief, but look what came out of the guy's heart. Uh, let's all stand up on our feet. I hear some music. And I am getting ready to end. So, Father, I pray you help us all to really comply with these truths. These are anchoring truths from, from the book of Romans. 
And uh, I pray you help us to be very diligent. Now, don't be confused with diligence. Like you got to go home and get all worked up and feel frustrated that you're not doing enough for God. Don't do that. Be at rest, be at peace. Faith is from a position of rest. The, 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 the love walk is from a position of God loves me, so I'm just going to proceed in obedience one step at a time. Fervent in spirit does not mean being a wild-eyed fanatic. It just means being intentional and, and deliberate and fervent in your love for God, fervent in prayer, fervent in the word, fervent, uh, just obedient every day serving the Lord. It's all about Jesus, right? And uh, it opens a door. When we do these things, it, it opens a door because it's we're operating in kingdom credibility. And it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's these, when we obey these kinds of verses, there's an authenticity that, that comes with it that it becomes irrefutable for people. Then it's like you're not you're not on some showboat thing or it's like you really mean this and when you see people that are they're 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 really sincere about god it's it's noteworthy and um so here's what i want to do now father i pray that 2022 would be a magnetic juncture of divine happenings for each individual in this in this house for the people watching online, Lord, I pray that such opportunities will come. There's a pastor watching right now, and I, I just pray, God, that as things are adjusting and, 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 and steps are being made and plans are being made, that, God, that, that some things you want to just, for them to no longer do to, to, in order to do something different. I pray they'd be willing and they'd be uh, yielded and they'd hear from you. you. They would know what to do and that they would be, we'd be ready. I pray our church, this church would be ready for the things you're calling us to do in these upcoming days. We as individuals, Lord, we as a church body, the corporate body of Christ, uh, all of us together functioning. I pray there'd be such a harmony, such a joy, such a flow. We, our minds and hearts would be in one accord. No strife, no division among us, no, none of that. Just a super steady, solid, honorable deal in these upcoming days. In Jesus' name, amen.